This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. We say good morning to City Budget Director Bill McCarty. How are you? Good morning, Sam. I'm you doing have well. been. Do you? Now I know you've been going to some ward meetings. Yep. Is that because of the budget, or or what's the purpose, or is it just the regular scheduled ward meetings? Well, the mayor has been doing them about once a year, and it just happened that he ended up scheduling them this month. But he did say he wanted it to be budget centric. And the reason for that, Sam, is because our budget that we're putting out, as I think we're going to talk about here in a minute, is pretty unique in the history of Springfield because of its size and what we're able to do this year. So I think he wanted to bring folks in and say, hey, we've got some extra money. What kinds of things would you like us to do with it? What 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 do you want to see if we had to? Every question is hypothetical. If you have an extra $10 million to spend, how sure. would you spend it? Right. So he did want them to be budget-centric, which is why I think he scheduled them here in January at budget time. When you put this together, have you already talked to the directors of the various departments and asked what their concerns are, what their needs, and things like that? Well, that's how we start the process every okay. year. The process actually when starts start that? October. Okay. It actually begins in October. We bring the directors together in the city council chambers typically sort of get a, a state of the city from a financial perspective. Here's where we're at. Here's what we think we can do. And then we sort of give them instructions on how we want them to prepare their budget. We give them deadlines and all that. What they do is the initial pass of the budget is them doing their own, putting in the things that they would like to do, not just what we call maintenance, which is basically status quo. How are you today? People, programs, and all that. That's what we call our maintenance budget. But then on top of that, we have an initiative section. It's what do you want to do new? Do you need equipment? Do you want to do a new program? Do you want to add people? If so, why? They put all that stuff in, and then after we, that happens in the month of November, then we start to go through it. We, my office, starts to go through it, my budget staff, and we get together with the mayor agency by agency in December, bring the agency directors in and their fiscal people, and we go through their budget and the requests, and that's when they explain and try to sell to the mayor the reasons why they want this extra money in for equipment or, or what it might be. Has that approach changed by the various directors over the years? I mean, obviously, when you're a little challenged financially, uh, you gear it down a little bit. When there might be a few bucks to spend, you probably kick it up a little bit. Yeah, you know, Sam, I'm on my 12th budget now, and I don't think I've ever been more popular with the other directors at this <laughs> point in time because, um, it, again, going through 12, I've, I've seen it all. Um, I've had, uh, well, this will be our best year, but I've been through some really down years, some really bad years. 2018, right before the pandemic comes to mind, that was a really tough year. And yeah, the message is crafted each and every year, depending on where we are. And that year, the message was, we don't have any money. In fact, we're probably going to be looking at cutting your departments. This year it was, hey, we have some extra money. Uh, there's some things you want to do. Go ahead and put that in there and then we'll parse through it. Now, there's never enough money to do everything that every director wants to do, just like there's never enough money to do what the, the the citizens want. I know we were at one of the ward meetings the other day and they talked about wanting to pave over all the oil and chip roads that we have. And we have, I think, a couple hundred miles in Springfield. And to do that, Nate, the public works director, had estimated to be about $300 million. And as I said during my talk during the ward meeting, was, we have extra money. We're doing a lot of things in this budget, but we just don't have $300 million to, to pave over every single oil and chip road that we have. So you just have to look at it. You look at what resources you have and you divide it out the best you think you can based on what the mayor wants and, and ultimately what the city council will approve, what they want as well. Bill McCarty is with the city budget director. Uh, is the reason we're well off is because of federal money, because everything related to the pandemic, is that still rolling in? 
And what happens? When does that stop? Or will it stop? So all good questions. Partially, that's why our budget is so good. So just to put it in context, our typical maintenance budget, and let's talk about the corporate fund because that's easy. We have 40-plus funds at the city, but the corporate fund is the one people are people know that pays for police, for fire, for public works, sure. et cetera. So let's just stick to that one. So the corporate fund typically pre-pandemic was around $130 million. Now there's been some growth since then. A maintenance budget would be about $140 million, $142 million today. The budget that we're putting out in the corporate fund is $195 million. This time, typically, personnel would be 80%. This time, it's only 58% because wow. we got so much other stuff in the budget. We have three new firehouses. We have millions of dollars worth of badly needed equipment for police and public works. We've got money for public safety enhancements. We got all kinds of things in there that we'll be discussing during the budget hearings. And ultimately, some of that is because of federal money. We have ARPA money in there. The city got $33.8 million in ARPA money as well. But that's only 20-some million of it. The other 20-some, 25 million or so in extra dollars is corporate fund reserves, okay? And you and I have talked through the years about reserves. What is that? That's essentially, some people call it a rainy day fund. It's not quite that. Rainy day is actual cash. But this is basically, it's a, it's a calculation of, of your current assets, current liabilities. What do you have if the city closes tomorrow? What, you know, what would your balance be? So it's, it's, it's a good barometer. And we use it as a a KPI, a key performance indicator that we can talk about because you and I talked about it last time and I brought the numbers this time. But ultimately, we have over the years, since the Great Recession, the city, I believe, learned a lesson, Sam. During the Great Recession, the city was doing layoffs. It was doing firehouse brownouts. It was doing all kinds of things that just were not were not a good thing for the citizens of Springfield, not for the government, not for anybody. We wanted to avoid that. We did not want to see that happen again. So the city in general, all the, all the players involved, uh, big team effort in the last 12, 13 years since the Great Recession, we have built up our reserves. And just to give you some context of that, our reserves in 2010, which was the lowest point of the Great Recession, the city had only $2.1 million in reserves in the corporate fund. This is a $100 million plus budget. That is nothing. This year that we're in right now, which ends at the end of February, we're anticipating to have almost $60 million. A lot of that is because of just fiscal discipline. We had headcount of 1,752 in 2010. This budget has 1,410. And it's all about trying to make the city trimmer, trying to save money, trying to be responsible so that we could be ready for the next downturn because it's never a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And we wanted to be prepared. So when the pandemic hit and everybody else panicked, we were concerned, certainly, and we took measures to try and cut spending and do all that, but we were not as concerned because we knew this time we were prepared. So there was never a discussion about layoffs. There was never a discussion about service cuts. There was never a discussion about firehouse closures or brownouts or anything like that uh, because we were, we were prepared this time. The federal money, not just the direct money, there also has been assistance with all the stimulus that they put out there, the Enhanced unemployment, you know, that's taxed. I don't know if people know that or not, but unemployment is taxed. Sure. So when you're enhancing that for people, there's more taxes coming in, more income taxes. There's money flowing out there. People are putting it in their pockets and, and they're spending it. Well, they put it in and it comes right back out. They were spending it like crazy. That helped our sales tax, which in the city is our biggest revenue source. So all of that certainly has been aided by some of the federal. So to answer your question, took a while to get there, but uh, it's a combination. It's a combination of, I think, fiscal discipline installed after the Great Recession and some federal money pouring into the economy. And I do expect it to end. In fact, the budget that we have now 
our revenue is we're, we're spending down a lot of fund reserves because we have it. We, we quite frankly, don't need that much in the bank. We try to have about two months worth, 16%, and that's what we budgeted to have at the end of the year. Um, but ultimately, yes, they're talking about recession potentially now as a high probability this year. We factored that in. And, of course, eventually we're, we're reading that um, people's savings are being depleted. We're seeing that they're putting more in their credit cards and all that. That tells us that the party's almost over from a federal stimulus standpoint. Let's go back to 11. You started with Mayor Houston. Is that right? That's correct. What did you folks inherit and what did you see and how were you able, most people are going to say, Mike Houston was able to write the fiscal ship for the city of Springfield in his four years from 11 to 15. I know things have also progressed, friend. I'm not going to get involved in the political stuff, right. a mayoral race, whatever. Right. These are just facts. Right. That's all we're talking about. How was Mike Houston able to do, was there a cut in spending? What'd you folks do? Yeah, that was a big, big part of it. Um, Really, like I said, headcount is the biggest component of the sure. corporate fund. Normally, it's 80%. And, and I already told you that we had 1,752 people in right. 2010. We're down to 14. I mean, that's a, a big savings right there. One of the other things that we had to do, Sam, is we had to get a little more discipline when it come, came to our uh, our contracts at the city, our personnel contracts, our union contracts. All right. Uh, I'll give you an example. What did we inherit? When we walked in the door in 2011, we were handed a fire contract and a police contract. and those contracts, one of them was they had threes and ones, which means they got a 3% on March 1st and another 1% in September. So compounded over 4% per year. Well, one was a five-year contract. One was a four-year contract. So over the course of one contract, that those personnel, and I don't remember which was which, got over about a 22% when you take into account compounding, about mm-hmm. a 22% increase. Um, and and those, are, those are big areas. And it's not just there. It was everywhere else we saw something similar. And we just... We didn't want to give zeros. We have great employees. We have great firemen. We have great police officers. We have great employees. But the simple fact is the city was not in a position to be able to afford those kind of contracts. We just couldn't do it. The CPI at the time was running at zero to one percent. So we just had to reset those. And the other thing that we did, so for instance, let me give you a quick example. So the next fire contract, again, we had threes and ones, I think it was a 1%, 1%, 1.5% or something like that, the next contract. So things like that, you know, just looking here and there, where can we trim costs, where we can, where can we be a little more disciplined? Then we did things like the garage consolidation. You know, we, we combined city functions. Instead of departmentalizing and siloing and everything, we looked at where can we work across departments. And the garage consolidation is a, a prime example of that. We had four different garage operations, four different unions involved, 50 people, five operations, five locations, five actual buildings, four parts rooms, duplicative, redundant management, all of that. Again, around 50 people. Today we have one building, one parts room, one office staff of just four, and we have 20, <laughs> 23 people total in there. That alone is saving the city over $3 million a year. So just things like that. You look at how you can become a more efficient operation because we had to. We didn't have a choice. Like you said, we walked into it. And I'll tell you, in 2010, to give you just another couple metrics, the average daily cash in the bank, this is the average. So you, every day you look at the bank account, how much money's in there. Now, remember, our corporate fund shares a bank account with other funds, right? Mm-hmm. We were, we, the city, were passively borrowing from other funds just to make payroll for a number of years. And in 2010, our average daily cash balance was negative, negative $4.1 million a day. 
negative $4.1 million a day in the bank, meaning we were borrowing from other funds. And that year, I think we had over 200 days of negative cash. This year, our average daily cash balance is $38 million to the good, positive. Our last day of cash in 2010 was negative. This is the final day of the year, negative $9.7 million. Right now, we're estimating our final day of cash in the bank this year to be about $42 million positive. So we certainly have come a long way, which is what has put us in a position to do a budget with new firehouses. And we haven't built one in, what, 30 years, 30-plus years. Cokie Mill was the last one. We got three in there. We've got $2.3 million in public works equipment, another $1.2 million in police cars, all kinds of public safety enhancements like cameras and speed signs and things like that. Uh, There's just a lot in there. Street sidewalks, of course, because that's what everybody wants, drainage, that type of thing. That's it's it's all in there. When do the when do the council member, the alderman, start having the people in to talk about it? Starts tonight. Tonight starts tonight. We now, have, now you have a set number that everybody. I'm sure everybody's agreed to, but you have a set number for every department what their budget is going to be in this new proposed budget. Right. The propo- what can the council do? Can they change that? Absolutely. And they do. And they do. In fact, I mentioned it last night at the ward ward eight meeting we had when I was talking. I said that. Only in my, my 12 years, only one year have we ever introduced a budget, and it was uh, under Mayor Houston, have we ever introduced a budget that there wasn't a single amendment done to, only once. And I don't know if that's ever happened even prior to that. Uh, I said, oh, man, those were good times. And, and Alder Woman kindly assured me that would not be the case this year, So, which we all had a good <laughs> laugh to. And I said, oh, Alder Woman, I, I certainly would expect that that not <laughs> to be the case this year. So, yes, they will start tonight. We do that. I start with the OBM, um, what we call the OBM overview. That's the budget in general overview. And then we have the electeds go tonight. So the mayor, the treasurer, the city council coordinator, and the clerk will all go tonight. On Monday, we will be doing Office of Planning and Economic Development. Human Resources, the library, and Public Works is the big one on Monday night. Then on next Wednesday, we'll have Convention Visitors Bureau and the utility, CWLP. And we end it all next Thursday night. We'll do police, fire, and then I always go traditionally last. So my department will go last. And then at that point, the aldermen and women will have, we'll give them a couple of weeks. I think it's a week and a half or so. I think till the end of the following week to do amendments. They will start sending us amendments, working with us on amendments. We'll draft them. Then everything goes to city council and city committee. Discussions will be had. And the anticipation is that we will pass the next year's fiscal budget at the second meeting in February to be ready for our March 1st start to the fiscal year. Have the aldermen already had this information in front of them? Yes. Uh, they were handed the budget at the January, I think it was January 6th. Very good. I asked you, have you taken any trips? You've been allowed on uh, time, or what's going on? No. You and your wife take some we do. really neat trips. You we found d- a place online that you feel very comfortable with. We do. You know, this past year was was pretty good, uh, 2022. We ended up going to, and it was something we found during the pandemic on, on one of those sites that you talk about, mm-hmm. uh, Travel Zoo. Actually, we get a, every Wednesday, they send a top 20 travel deals, and it's a worldwide situation. So anybody likes to travel, I highly recommend going to travel. It's free. You just put your email in. and every What is it called? TravelZoo.com. Okay. And every Wednesday, they send you an email. Again, it's free. Top 20 destinations. And during the pandemic, you know, obviously travel is way down, so people were giving away pretty good deals. We ended up buying a, a voucher and ended up going to the Maldives in, what was it, March. And the Maldives, for anybody that not know where that is, it's 
about down at the equator in the Indian Ocean. All right. So it was uh, quite an ordeal to get there. I mean, I think we were in the air, well, not necessarily in the air the entire time, but the total travel time, we took four different airplanes, and we were traveling about 30-some hours oh to get my. there. But it was worth it. It was really cool. It All was right. really cool. And we had to go through, you know, uh, Doha, Qatar, or Qatar, however you pronounce it, uh, right before the World Cup, they were getting ready right. for the World Cup and all that stuff uh, coming up. So it was pretty neat. And then we ended up having a trip that was put off. It was supposed to be the year before. It was an Alaskan cruise. We had never done that. And as you know, you and I have talked about done a lot. That. We also like to cruise yeah. quite a bit like you do. Uh, that was put off. So that ended up happening in the summer. And then at the same time, about a month before that, my daughter, who's involved in a, a local dance group, uh, about every six or seven years, they go down and they dance at Disney, which was this year as well. So it's been a busy travel Good year. I uh, haven't done anything since. Haven't had time. Uh, lots of other stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll get out again. But we do love to travel. That's probably our favorite thing to do. Uh, the city tax rate and property tax mm-hmm. staying the same, going to go up. What's happening? No, this budget, we don't have any tax increases. We don't have any service cuts. None of that is in there. Our city tax rate, and that's sort of a I think confuses people a little bit is they talk about how high property taxes are and it does sometimes come up in our ward meetings. But the reality is the city property tax rate is the lowest of any of our comparables uh, by far, by far. Uh, It hasn't changed. The rate itself hasn't changed. And this is the city portion, not the school, not SMTD, not the city portion rate has not changed since the 1980s. Uh, It goes up a little bit because property values go up. Property values go up. Absolutely. so we get a little more revenue from that. We get a little more revenue from new buildings going up and all that. But it is not your rate. The city has not increased its rate since the 1980s. If our rate was the same as the next closest, which I think is Bloomington, we're at 93.85 cents per $100 of assessed valuation. Bloomington is, I think, at about $1.34-ish right now. If we were at that rate, the city would have an extra, I think it's $8, 9000000 million coming in and extra property taxes that we could put towards pensions or whatever the case may be. Uh, when you look at the budget, um, what particular area is it going to be the fire department with the biggest increase? Well, if you count the firehouses, right. yes. Uh, we had budgeted some money last year. We didn't get much of it spent. It's taken a while to get these firehouses off the ground. The bids come in, I think, next week or the week after. So they're finally starting to move. So we'll roll a lot of that forward, and then we have to add some because of inflation. The, it looks like they're going to cost quite a bit more than we originally thought they were going to. Uh, again, pre-pandemic, different than, than post-pandemic, so we added some extra money in for that. Other than that, the fire department, uh, we added, we're doing, the, we put in there the, a citywide traffic light preemption system. So we have that on the west end, the southwest end right now, where we're somewhat challenged getting to Panther Creek and all that. Uh, we put in a traffic preemption system, so that these boxes in the fire trucks, as they approach intersections, the lights turn green. So it, it's safer for everybody. It also helps our response times and everything. And, and we've wanted to expand that. We just haven't had the ability to do it. Now we're, we were going to originally do it one phase at a time, but we put in the budget to do the entire city in this coming year. And that will just, again, it's a citywide traffic preemption system. So the fire is getting that. But actually we're adding police to that too. We put in 40 money to get 40. I believe it's 40 boxes to put in police cars. So it's the same thing because, you know, sometimes we do have, intersection accidents happen when our police cars are running hot so this will help uh, not just with our response times and fire and police but also from a public safety standpoint making sure we don't get into those crashes and intersections new firehouses means new fire trucks i presume well we already ordered those we've got um that's that's, again that's the other thing i mean it's kind of crazy just thinking about it and even talking to some of the, the the folks out there i had a conversation with a firefighter not that long ago about 
Uh, I, I talked about union contracts, and we've had some some disagreements a little bit on that, um, just, you know, affordability. But I, one thing that, that nobody can deny is that the city has uh, invested more money in the fire department in the, in the last, you know, couple of administrations than it ever has before. You're talking about three three firehouses all at once. Uh, that That's a lot. And we're talking about uh, we've got nine fire trucks coming, tr- trucks slash engines coming. Um, two should be here any time, and then we've got another seven that we ordered last wow. year that will be here. That's more than half the fleet. And those things are good for 15 to 20 years. So we are really trying to do a lot to make sure that our, our folks have good equipment to use, good reliable equipment to use. And that's just one of the many things that you'll see in this budget. To wrap up our uh, visit with Bill McCarty, City Budget Director, uh, what else should we be aware of that we haven't touched on this morning? What kind of jumps out at you that people may find interesting or fascinating about the proposed budget? Well, I think just the sheer amount of things that we have in there for uh, new items. And this is really a year, Sam, when we encourage people to get involved if there's some things that they want to see. And it's one of the reasons why the mayor did the the ward meetings, the way that he's doing them, because we do have this extra money. And right now we've got it in all kinds of things. You know, you, you and I have talked about pensions many, many times. We've even got a couple of extra million dollars in extra pension payments in there as well. Uh, so we've tried to take the resources that we have, spread it out amongst all the departments, the library itself. For library fans, there's money in there to hire some people. The bookmobile will be on the streets next year, hopefully at some point in the latter half of the year moving around town for those that are interested in that kind of a thing. There just really is just about something for everyone in the budget. So if you have a particular area of interest, something that you think the city should be spending money on, we encourage you to come to the hearings. And for those of you who can't come to the hearings, you can watch them. They are going to be televised on Channel 18. They're also going to be streaming on, I believe, YouTube and through our city website. So certainly if you don't want to come downtown to City Hall for the meetings, you can watch them online, and getting a hold of any of us at the city is pretty easy. All of our contact information is right on the website. So we'd love to hear from people. If they've got some feedback, we, we, we'd like to have it. Give me real quick gaming revenue. Where are we at compared to what it's been doing? Is it still continue to increase? And do we get any gaming revenue on people who bet on sports online? We don't get any gaming revenue from those that bet on sports, not not anything directly. Maybe there's something that comes from the state, but I, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, video gaming revenue is still doing very, very well. We still have, I think, we're up over a couple million dollars a year in gaming revenue right now. There's Those machines are still popular as ever. I'm not a big gambler in the video machine. Now, I do do the sports betting. Sure. <laughs> I do enjoy doing that, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't really do the video gaming. But they're extremely popular. You go into any place that has them. You see people using them all the time, and it continues to be one of those things where uh, it, it just keeps growing. Uh, it, the popularity has not waned. I thought it might after a while, but but it hasn't. How about the, the cannabis thing? Well, that's exactly where I was going. You read my mind. Uh, that is that is sort of plateaued. Really? Uh, it has. It has. Uh, it's not quite as gung-ho as it was in the beginning. Still right. doing well, um, but it's not growing. At least it hasn't been. It's It seems like we maybe have reached a plateau with the folks who are using that uh, the cannabis and the cannabis dispensaries in town. And uh, we do take that money and we split it up between pensions, extra pension payments, and then the other part of it goes to uh, to east side development for housing and, and business development in the east side. How pleased are you with the recruiting season Notre Dame has had? I keep reading <laughs> things like they're, they're going to hit, but number four or five in the nation, they're having a pretty good year. Uh, yeah, Coach Freeman's doing a wonderful job up there, bringing in a lot of great recruits. I do fear 
ultimately what this whole nil situation is oh, going boy. to mean. I mean, and now it's like free agency in college it, football, uh, which I thought they waited for until they were professionals. You've now got people out there, uh, athletes, good athletes who are foregoing the draft, the NFL draft, because they think they can stay and make more money in college, or at right. least they're incentivized now to make money in college, and maybe they want to stay back and you know, party, have a good time, whatever the case may be, finish their degree. Now they have more incentive to do so. But you see all the people moving around. It helps and it hurts. I mean, we're getting the quarterback from what, Wake, I think it is. Yeah, uh, Wake Forest. And right. he's one of the top in the country who's transferring. So that's very exciting. But at the same time, we're losing some pretty good recruits that we had. I, I'm just excited. I think it's going to be a great program. I think he's doing well, and next year's schedule, I don't know if you've looked at it, but they got some pretty big home games next year. Absolutely. Um, USC, Ohio State, and some others. Right. Um, re- real quick, or I've got a couple minutes. Um, I am just going to ask you this, and if you want to comment, you can. I was told there was a poll conducted. I'm not so sure who the company is that conducted the poll, basically on the mayor's race. I wonder if it didn't have some other things, because a lot of the questions people told me, regarded J.B. Pritzker and J.B. Pritzker and questions almost like a a Pritzker poll to find out what the grassroots, what Illinois feels about his if he decides to try to go for higher office. But they did ask a question about the mayor's race, no other race. So that made me think that might be more of a statewide interest as opposed to Springfield, but they just threw, threw Springfield in. Did you hear about that, Paul? Yeah, I, it was on Twitter last week, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it was brought up to me. Somebody mentioned it, and I went out and took a look at it. I didn't look at the entire poll, but I do remember reading a couple of comments. They just you know gave a summary on Twitter or whatever. Right. And they said, and, and yes, there was a poll, and, and they did do – they test uh, name recognition of J.B. Pritzker, and I think Donald Trump was in there in favorability, likability, all that kind of stuff. But one of the things they did throw in was the mayor's race, absolutely. Uh, any numbers you've heard? I've heard um, that the mayor, that somebody did a poll earlier, uh, three or four months ago, and this poll, and it appeared to be the same number for the mayor. Yeah, uh, it looked like there was a polling done in October uh I did it. It was my poll. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the mayor's numbers uh, and, and, and Misty's numbers were about the same as what, what my poll was in October. Uh, the mayor in this latest one was at 43%, and I think Misty was at 29%, if I recall. But correctly. a large portion of undecided. Lots of 28% undecided at that point, absolutely. And in October, the numbers were pretty similar. Uh, the mayor was at 43%. Uh, I think in mine, Misty was at 31 maybe. And it was like 26% undecided. So very, very close. The numbers are about the same. Always good to see you, my friend. Uh, Enjoy some late nights. Uh, Lots going on with the ward meetings and budget hearings and everything else. But that's my job, and that's what I'm here to do. And it's not just me. There's a lot of us involved. Thanks, Bill McCarty. Take care. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.